Arts, Lifestyle, SNS Online. Hello all and a very warm welcome back to SNS Online. It's been a tidy while. Well, it's that time of year again when the bright, the bold, the beautiful and even those lost souls who fell asleep in their own vomit and ended up on the wrong train by mistake on the overnight sleeper service from Stockton on Tees will all be heading up to Bonnie Edinburgh to offer us all their unique take on a theatrical trip of a lifetime. Whether it's a ticketed event or the so-called free fringe, where they pretend it's free and wait for the bouncers to collect when you're trying to leave. I never like my kneecaps anyway. In this trilogy of bite-sized interviews, we examine the hurdles people face in physically getting a show successfully embedded in Edinburgh over the August period, which happens to be my birthday, by the way. Not that I bother celebrating or anything like that. <clears throat> Whilst covering three very different events under the comedy umbrella, which will both make us laugh hard and occasionally think deep. Today's show features a familiar face on the stand-up circuit, also known as one of the stars of BBC Two's The Mash Report, later featuring on Dave, Dave, and their catch-up service Colin. His very personal experience with Alzheimer's disease that both affected and ultimately claimed both of his parents during the pandemic has spurred him on to create his most important and personal work to date. His show, Alzheimer's, I can't even remember how to spell it, runs throughout August at the Gilded Balloon. Ladies and gentlemen, and all they thems, put your hands together and give it up for Master of Ceremonies, a right good laugh and a lovely guy to boot, Mr. Steve Allen. So, multi-talented Steve Allen, stand-up comedian, presenter, podcaster, satirist, um, stand-up comedy meets Alzheimer's and the upside of, hit me. <laughs> what a what a uh, what do they call it in America? The elevator pitch. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I, I suppose like, every so every comedian probably wants to write the show for Edinburgh that's a bit miserable. Okay, <laughs> because it just it just connects with what's on the inside of you. Try and make a joke about the thing that upsets you. And for me, it's Alzheimer's because there's been a lot of Alzheimer's in my family. My grandparents had it when I was growing up. Mm. My parents had it more recently, and then they passed away in the various lockdowns. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. And then I had a child. And the the show hopefully captures what the point that I'm trying to make is that everyone is already worried about Alzheimer's. I was already worried about Alzheimer's. But there's this extra level where you don't worry about something the same way until you think you might have passed on the genes to have it. Mm. Having the genes when you're at risk of Alzheimer's is one thing, but maybe that's your contribution to this gamete that then becomes your child. It blew mm. my mind. I wasn't ready for it at all. So, I mean, yeah, what is this show about? Just life and death, you know, the, <laughs> the little creation of a son and then how that recontextualizes having parents with Alzheimer's. Um yeah, and it's, I mean, like, I should say as well, it's not laughing at. There is no part of the show that's laughing at Alzheimer's. So it's not like two people with Alzheimer's going to a bar, but it's actually the local butchers or 
Yeah, I mean, and the um, <laughs> have, a, have that on me, mate. Oh, thank you very much. They... <laughs> no charge. <laughs> it's also, I tell you, what the show doesn't have. It doesn't have any joke where the punchline is the Alzheimer's person doesn't remember it. Right. Because isn't that just the trope where? And that's, I don't think I'll ever change society, but that's one thing I'd love to be able to change in society. That it, it's not a throwaway punchline. You know, there can be punchlines that include Alzheimer's. I'm one of those people who thinks you can joke about anything. The joke has to be worth it. And the, you know, oh, Alzheimer's, oh, you know, I've already forgotten you told me that. That kind of joke is... So I'm just scrubbing yeah. this one. Red, red marker pen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it didn't make it into the show, put it that way. <laughs> So do you take the audience back to your childhood onwards in the show? There's only a really brief mention of it. Well, a few things from childhood. Um, because in the show, I, if anything, talk more about dad's Alzheimer's than mum's, which is weird because mum's was worse. She got it sooner. Her Alzheimer's was... The, she had the worst journey out of the two of them because quite quickly she her, her mood changes were all angry. Um, the impact on her was severe right from the start. She lost the ability to speak. And then that kind of ends the story that you can turn into stand-up a bit. There are some bits to include. But with Dad, his Alzheimer's was later. It was it never got the chance to progress as much because the pandemic came along, COVID came along. Um, but it meant that his mood changes were happy. Like he went from being someone who had a bit of you know the world on his shoulders to suddenly realising he didn't have a care in the world. He was in a care home. Everything was being looked after for him. He'd forgotten the pressure he'd just been through about having a wife with Alzheimer's. He cheered right up. All of the visits to see Dad were an absolute hoot. He found it funny to swear. I, I don't think I ever remember my dad <laughs> swearing when I was growing up. And then he'd... He'd do a thing which, I mean, this this is broadcastable because he knew how to write a joke, my dad. He'd ask the carers if they had any medicines for coughs. <laughs> oh, we sat around laughing about that. <laughs> and I love it. And it is true that there are some changes that happen as you start to get various forms of dementia, but for the ones I know about Alzheimer's, where actually you can get a better, stronger, more fun relationship. I mean, we were two northern blokes, so we didn't show emotion to each other through all of my childhood, adolescence, and early being a grown-up. Like, we were of that generation where the only conversation I ever really had with my dad was about which A-road I'd taken to get to a gig. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, we lost that filter because he, he'd lost his inhibitions. You know, he got Alzheimer's, and he just, if he felt a thing, he said it. And I, when I used to walk in to visit him, um, he used to stand up and, and shout like, Steve, because he was happy to see me, and shake with, with joy. Oh. And he never did that when I was growing up. <laughs> probably, he probably did from the inside, but you, do you know yeah. what I mean? I could, you know, you, obviously, you know, we can be oppressed and all that when just in terms of life experience and where we're brought up and all the rest of it. But I, this is actually triggering lots of uh, memories for me because my dad didn't have Alzheimer's, but uh, he had um, kidney failure and uh, he was on dialysis about three times a week. And we noticed a, a real sea change in his personality and he was a lot lighter and more chilled. I mean, it could have been partially the, the, um, <laughs> the drugs, I don't know. But uh, it's just like that that um, weight of life had been dropped. And we communicated so much better in the, that last year than I think we ever had before. You know, he could be a bit bit of a grumpy boots <laughs> before, but he was a life and soul afterwards. It was lovely. I wish, I wish we could work out how to look into this more because I know there are like self-help books that tell you how to live in the present and, you know, live like you're a dog. I think was a book that was famous a while ago. Mm. Live like you've either got Alzheimer's or live like you've got a terminal condition probably is a great way to live it 
it probably gives you the perspective that we all fail to have. Yeah. I mean, so in in this story, I like to think that the reason I could reciprocate the emotion is because I was so open and young and, you know, with it, mm-hmm. not repressed. I don't think I was. I don't think I was as good at showing it back as Dad was at showing me when he had Alzheimer's. And if I could learn to live a bit more like that, then I reckon I could, you know, without the disease... It would be a great way to live, and same from by the sounds of it, same for your story, if you could just tap into that. Yeah. Well, for both my parents, actually, my mother um, didn't have Alzheimer's, but I think there were issues with the uh, medication she was being given for quite a long time. And uh, I remember she did sort of retreat into the past a little bit, but I, I loved that. So we, we really tapped into that and had lovely conversations about the war and all that sort of thing. So... Um, I feel there's ways you can just roll with it when you're with somebody with a certain condition like that and and get the best out of them. And they get the best out of themselves. Yeah. And you do feel better about yourself. I We learnt with mum the hard way because with mum, we did the the classic thing of correcting her and saying, no, you've already told us that. Oh, you just told us that, mum. And you look back and realise why. Well, you know, you're not going to correct someone out of Alzheimer's. Mm. But by the time we'd learned the lesson with dad, and dad tells the story again, you just sit there and go, yeah, oh, yeah, tell me more. Yeah. And you can just see it on their face. I mean, it's not like you can pat yourself on the back too much, like, well done, you listen to a story. But it is actually a bit of a gift that you've been present and you've listened to what they've said. And you've not made them feel confused or stupid. No, there's there's no need to, and um, yeah, and you can just enjoy that story again, just just yeah. And as I do say now, like, where's my moral high ground to judge someone for telling a story over and over again? I'm a stand-up comedian. <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying out the same anecdotes for about twenty years in some parts. I love it. I did have to smile. Uh, I was reading your um, article in The Spectator about this, and uh, I, I quote, when his only son turned out to be a teetotal sci-fi nerd with no interest in football, we didn't have much to bond over. I, I can totally relate to that. Big uh, sci-fi fan here. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you, uh, you got the inside scoop on that. That's so exciting. I- Doctor Who for me. Yeah, I, I'm, yes, I mean, I'm quite a fan of Doctor Who. Yeah. Mm. The <laughs> the butt would be, my biggest shame is I grew up just being a, a Star Trek fan. Okay, well, I, I was a big Star Trek fan too. I mean, I still am. I, I, I like to think I'm a pretty well-rounded uh, being in terms of interest. Uh, I, I like Blake Seven as well, Doctor Who Time Slip. <laughs> uh, the Tomorrow People, of course, uh, the three versions of that. Uh, there's a great show, uh, early 70s, called um, Ace of Wands, which is sort of magic combined with sci-fi, which was fantastic. So, yeah. Um, oh, nice. Ladies' former orderly Q. Scratch and sniff with Nick Randall. Uh, actually, when we had some fo- uh, photos done for the Edinburgh show, the photographer said, uh, ah, Star Wars fan, are you? And I was like, oh, no, not really. He went, but you've got a C-3PO on your key ring and you've got a Star Wars T-shirt. And I said, ah, yes, let me explain. Um, I told my wife that I like Star Trek <laughs> and <laughs> she did, didn't really know the difference. And now every Christmas or birthday... It's got star in it. That's fine. Yeah, I get Star Wars stuff. So, <laughs> yeah, I just smile because I'm not going to sit there and explain it. And also, <laughs> for some reason, Star Wars has ended up being a bit cooler. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the first three films were, were good, you know, and then gets lost in translation for me after that. But <laughs> there you go. Yeah. But for all oh, yeah. sunlight avoiding cave nerds, you know, we love we love <laughs> a bit of sci-fi, don't we? So um, Make it so, number one. If the radio's dull... In the neighborhood, who are you gonna call? Nick Randall. 
So just before we give details of uh, the show uh, in Edinburgh and um, when it's on, where it's on, etc., what else are you up to at the moment? I know you're doing the brilliant MASH report, but that's finished now, hasn't it? No, that's right. It moved to Dave, became a different show, and we just did a couple of series there. Uh, so now I'm kind of back to portfolio career. Stand-up's a big part of it. I write for other people who go and do topical stuff on telly. Uh, I do a radio show that goes out in Essex, but I do it from my shed, which is, <laughs> uh, it's the dream. I've converted the shed into like a proper studio. Oh, that's with, lovely. Yeah, proper kit and everything. I and, want, I um, want a shed at the bottom of my garden, but my partner Andy says he's going to put a lock on the outside, so I... <laughs> well, I've done, Charming. The, I've done the opposite. I've got, got a lock on the inside, which, you know, sheds normally aren't lockable from the inside, but I don't want the world coming in. And just to show off, as I sit in the shed, I can tell you there's the, the Nespresso machines there, the air conditioning's over there, um, got a printer, and, I mean, the the Wi-Fi in the shed is quicker than it is in the house. So this is the place to be. You should get one like this. Okay. A bit suspicious, though, locking it. I mean, as you secretly flip through your top-of-the-shelf DS9 mags or, or play being... <laughs> Why me, die me, deep space, nine me. <laughs> Make it so, number one. SNSonlineshow.com, your one-stop shop for all things SNS. So, Edinburgh Fringe, Alzheimer's, I can't even remember how to spell it. Great title, by the way. Uh, give us the details about where it's on, time of day, and how long it's going to be on. So I'm doing the, the whole run. You do get to take one day off, so I'm not performing on the 14th, but I'm doing basically the whole... Oh, that's my birthday. Whole... You're going to be celebrating my birthday with me then. Of course. How could I work on an important day like that? A national holiday, I think it is. Uh, yeah, well, I take <laughs> the whole of August off for it each year, so... <laughs> You're not one of those birthday month people. Like... I, yeah. To be honest, people who say, it's, even it's my birthday week is annoying for me, because, <laughs> you know, if you look at that sentence and write it down again, birthday... Right. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's it. You can't have a birthday week because it's got the word day in it. Well, I've got a significant one coming up in two years, so it's going to be birth uh, year for me. A birth- <laughs> Everybody's going to hear about it. I'm going to have fire eaters and jugglers and all sorts, you know. All year. You make it not special. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm doing the, the full run from the 2nd to the 28th, and it's on at 9 o'clock at night in Gilded Balloon. Ah, um, one of the best. And, yeah, and it's... We've kind of gone all in on it this year because normally my Edinburgh shows have been kind of news based. I went through a run of taking up a, a review of the year each year and doing that on the free fringe side of it. And it was all good fun. But for this show, it's it's kind of easier and harder at the same time. Like it's it's nice to write about a personal thing. Yeah. But my word, if I get a bad review, I will hunt them down. <laughs> <laughs> I will take it so personally this year. Oh, I love okay. it. It's, I mean, it, it sounds perfect, the type of show I would love to see, because it makes you think, you know, it taps into so many people's lives. Uh, and if you um, allow people to smile and uh, to empathise and, and to have a bit of a laugh as well, inclusively, then, I, I you know, job done. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, there are, there are bits which I orchestrate landing on some big laughs, which, you know, we move we move a few steps away from the main topic just to get in some, you know, good fashion stand up. Before you get to Edinburgh, you do previews and I've done them all over the place. And quite an early one I did uh, in Kingston at the end of it, this lady came up and she said uh, both of my parents died of Alzheimer's in the pandemic, too, which is kind of, you know, part of, of my show. And in that moment, I did think to myself, oh, if she complains now. I'm going to have to rewrite the whole show. Mm. And she said, um, thank you. You made me laugh at some of the some of the bits that we went through. Oh, that's I lovely. Thought, oh. So if, if people get that that's what the show's about. Yeah, relate to it. Yeah, that's what I'm after. I'm just throwing a few uh, knob gags as well, you know. <laughs> 
Steve Allen, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Alzheimer's, I can't even remember how to spell it. Go see, as they say, I think it's going to be a big hit. Many thanks, Steve. Thanks for having me. 